thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. I'm Camille Diaz, and if you are sick and tired of setting goals and not achieving them, jump on over to my website, go.optimized.zone. Enroll in my online course, Driven, and gain access to the exact formula I've used to accomplish my goals, like write a book, increase revenue, lose 30 pounds, and record over 100 episodes of this podcast. Start experiencing the joy and satisfaction that comes with achieving your goals. That's go.optimized.zone. Welcome. This is Money Heart, where we explore the emotional side of money. I'm Camille Diaz, and today we're discussing 2021, a year in review. My guest is me. It's time for my annual year-end solo episode. This year, I used social media to ask former guests and listeners like you for questions you wanted me to answer. I've selected three, and I think I sent everyone else who provided a question and answer via direct message, so nobody's answer is getting left out. Nobody's question is getting left out. Everybody should get their question answered. So here we go with my three picks of the questions for this year's solo episode review of the year. Lorianne Powell asked, I'm interested in a summary or common elements or attitudes of your guests who are in quotes at ease with abundance. This is a great question. I do have many guests on the show who are at ease with abundance. And I went through the list of shows and looked at their money mantras to try to find the common themes. What they all said is ease with money is a choice. Most of them did not start with that comfort level. That is where they are now, but they definitely did some work to get there. They intentionally chose their relationship with money, how they think about it, how they talk about it, how they interact with it. Um, they're very careful with their words. They all view money as a tool, as energy, and as currency, not a possession or a thing. And they look at it more as a relationship, not as a, a, a something they have or don't have. They all believe there is a flow. So they think money flows back and forth, that energy currency concept, there's always a flow. And they all believe money won't run out. They know there's plenty and then some more, and they truly internalize and own that belief. It is fully part of their system and how they are functioning. So fantastic question, Lorianne, thank you. The next question is from Tabitha L. Taylor. She says, what was the biggest financial obstacle you overcame and how did you do it? Oh, Tabitha, <laughs> so many to choose from. Uh, and I'm going to actually talk about a few because when you're in it, each one feels like the hardest one. It seems like it's never going to end. It's always going to be difficult. This is the hardest thing ever. I don't know if I'll make it out. Um, so you know, when I was just starting out, it was all about like, how am I going to pay the bills? Uh, work really hard, just barely squeak by. How can I make this work kind of a thing? 
And then when the kids were babies, it was more like, uh, how will I work enough hours to pay for all the things our family needs and then also get enough sleep so I don't lose my mind entirely? <laughs> uh, somehow it worked out. We did it. Uh, I was not the only one in that picture and we, we did it together. My husband and I and the kids are doing great. So mostly we just persevered on that one. It was, it was seeing the big picture, knowing our why, and we just kept going. Uh, when we started our own business, the big obstacle, or I guess I want to say the big fear there was, will the client send their check before the bills are due? So <laughs> we do the work, send out the invoice, and then you got to wait for the invoice to come in. And sometimes clients slow pay, and sometimes they just forget you sent an invoice, and sometimes they send it right away, which is awesome. But it's not always like that, and it's not... Um, it wasn't at the beginning, it, it was a little tight. It was like, okay, uh, we really need for two more people to send their payments right now so that uh, mortgage will be good or you know, we can go out to dinner one time this week, you know, something like that. Um, so that's kind of what we did. And then um, our, our thing that we really wanted was to make a big enough cushion so that it wasn't a stress every month. That we wanted that security, we wanted that um, ease, that flow, that extra cushion that we weren't being stressed all the time and needing to bring in, bring in, bring in, bring in. So if one of us got sick or we wanted to take a vacation, it wasn't a huge deal because there was extra in the bank. So again, we just created that vision. We said, hey, I really don't like when we have to run to the mailbox the moment that the mail person drops the letters in there to see if any of them are checks for client from clients. So let's be diligent about saving some and trying not to spend everything that comes in so that we'll know we'll have that extra pile. And we did. So eventually we built it up to where, you know, now a few checks will be in the box over at the post office and I go get them once or twice a week. And it's not a huge deal. It's not a crisis every time waiting for that. So it was really just doing some planning and having a bit of discipline. The big challenge that we faced back then was our first year in business. I still had a corporate job and he had a corporate job part, part of the year before the business started. So we had money coming out for taxes. You see where this is going. <laughs> so what happened when the next year happened and we did really well that year, but we had no knowledge about quarterly payments. We didn't know about sending things in. We didn't know about forming a company so that we could pay less than in the self-employment tax than you do when you're a solopreneur or a solo um, proprietor. All, we had no idea. We just, we had no idea. So the first year that we really did well and made a lot of money, we were like, this is fantastic. We owed $18,000 when our taxes got done. And there was no time to bring in an extra $18,000 before they needed to be paid. So we had to put it on a credit card. And then we already had some credit card debt and clearly we hadn't saved for taxes. So we were spending everything we earned which meant how are we going to save for taxes for next year so this doesn't happen again, plus pay off our new total of $42,000 of debt. <sighs> yeah, it was a lot. 
So definite challenge there. Uh, same system as before. Created the goal, we're gonna get this paid off. And then when it was time to make choices of, do we wanna do the expensive vacation or the staycation? Do we want to go out to dinner or cook at home? Do, you know, do we wanna buy a new TV or this one's all right? You know, we jointly made that decision of we're working on paying off the debt, we're going to conserve. We didn't do nothing. We didn't make our lives miserable. We still budgeted for fun stuff, but we didn't do big stuff. We said, okay, we're going to do the basics. And biggest, most of all thing we first committed to was we're going to put money aside every time it comes in to cover the taxes for the following year. Like every single time we're going to cover the taxes. Um, so we've, we've been doing that for as long as past that first year. So I guess 15 years now, uh, just to make sure that whatever comes in immediately pull that tax piece out. So we've got our little numbers figured out. It's a little percentage calculation, pull it out, stick it in a savings account. And then when it's time for quarterly taxes, it's super easy to send it in because it's there. And we never have to worry about that anymore. Um, then we live on the rest and paying off the debt. You know, we just, we're diligent, just send some in. We did the thing where you pay the smallest one first so it gets knocked off and then you don't have to keep splitting up your payments into little ones. And then we paid the next biggest one. And we did the refinance 0% thing a couple of times um, where we would, because we we maintained our payments and we did well. So we had a good credit scores. Every once in a while, we get that offer to like transfer the balance and then keep it at 0% for a year or 18 months or whatever. So we would do that to try to cut down the interest. And then we would throw extra money at it. If somebody gave us a gift card, we would, you know, use that gift card for something we needed and go take that money and put it on the debt. It was, it was really just being committed to, to getting rid of that. So we did it. Um, okay, so after that, <laughs> it was a few years later, it's a few years later, uh, I opened a ballroom studio with a couple of partners, which was amazing until one partner left and a new partner came in and then suddenly it was a disaster. So that left us with a new pile of debt because we broke the lease and went to court and all the all that stuff. It was pretty awful. Um, plus, we had stuff on credit card there. We had some construction costs, like all kinds of things um, that now fell on me because I was the one left. Um, so at the end of that, I was really questioning if I could ever be successful running a business, uh, if I could ever be successful managing money. Uh, spoiler alert, yeah, I could, definitely. Um, but it, it was a fantastic kick in the pants type of a challenge. And I, I don't love these challenges because they're so, so hard when you go through them. And I was like sad and bitter for a couple of years. Uh, but now that I have distance and I get to look back at that, I realize it did some fantastic things for me it gave me the ability to ask questions about where money is going to be spent in my business. I make sure that my operating expenses are really low. I am very good about not over-investing in every program and, and possibility and buying all the books and trainings and everything that comes along. Instead, I truly narrow down to exactly what I need, exactly who can help me, who's going to be a good fit, and only spend the money when I have a gap that I can't close by myself. 
and I make sure that I'm getting value out of everything, not just, yeah, do this, do this, do this, you know, and then all of my profits are gone. Um, so I, I'm keeping my operating expenses around 30% or less, you know, of, of all my revenues and the rest, you know, I get to pay myself, which is awesome. Highly recommend that. Okay. So the other piece of that, the, 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 the great thing that came from that challenge was it launched my coaching business. I'm over here moping and being sad and gaining lots of weight, eating everything we have and, you know, just kind of wanting to ignore the world. And my phone starts ringing with people who would call up and say, oh, I'm really sorry you guys closed, but would you help me with and they would ask me questions on their business structure, on their organization, on product management, like just on their website, all these kinds of things that they saw I was really good at. They saw I was good at promoting. They saw that I got people in the door. They saw that I had, you know, showcases where I organized the schedule and we ran competitions and all kinds of stuff. And my partners definitely did help, especially the one that left. She was amazing when we were working together. Everything was always getting done. Uh, but they saw something in me that I had not seen in myself. And after about the fourth or fifth call, I realized, I think this is a job and I should probably charge because I think it's called consulting. <laughs> so I did. So I created a coaching business and I've been doing that ever since and absolutely love it. And then I layered in the, the, the next piece after that. So moving to a new sort of different type of challenge. Um, a few years after my father passed away, my mom decided to sell the house they built together and distribute our inheritance. She didn't need it. She didn't need to do anything. She's like, I'm good. I want all of you to have this so I can see all the amazing things you do with it rather than waiting who knows how many years. So after all the debt and the failure from before, my new challenge was how will I not screw this up again? I felt a ton of pressure just from myself, not from anybody else, just from myself to honor their legacy and be respectful of what they built together. So this is when I started my financial company um, because I was getting so much great information that I said, I have got to be able to guide others in being good stewards over their money. Um, to this day, inheritance cases are some of my favorite clients to work with. They always want to honor the memories of those they love. And I love showing them ways to grow that money, turn it into generational wealth um, without putting it, risk, putting it at risk um, of you know, loss during a market downturn or something like that. Because typically when people have received that inheritance, they feel just like I do of, I want to honor these people and I don't want to screw it up and I don't want to lose the money. I don't want something bad to happen to it. So please help me make sure I've put it in a way that it will benefit me and my family as long as possible. So that's one of the things I absolutely love doing now, got to do it for my family and then I've gotten to do it for many other people. Uh, so it turned out to be a great gift. It was definitely a challenge when it started just because I was so determined to get it right this time. Well, not to get it right, to not screw it up. 
that's what I, that's what kept going through my mind. Uh, it really was I wanted to get it right or at least do it well, um, but I was super determined to not not mess up again. Um, each time I have one of these obstacles, I was always asking questions. I would always make a plan and then stay disciplined enough to see it through. My new challenge is being one of those people from Lori Ann's question, learning how to be comfortable in my new world of abundance and learning how to manage more and more money as it flows in. Uh, I hope this challenge continues and that I keep getting gifted with abundance and have to learn new ways to make an impact and new ways to manage all kinds of um, energy and money flowing towards me. So I figure that's a good problem to have. And I plan to use the same strategy as before. Ask lots of questions, make a plan, work the plan. So thank you, Tabitha. Great question. Third question comes from Peter Biotish. He says, what have been your greatest triumphs and challenges with your podcast? And how did you respond or react to them? So the big one that comes to mind is consistency. That has been a huge challenge and it is still so hard to put a quality episode out every week. In November, 2020, when I had knee surgery and used up all of my backlog of episodes from you know, the spring, summer, I was going into December and January and had to record even though I was in a lot of pain and I had to like set up my desk in my bedroom because I couldn't go to my office or go upstairs or anything. I couldn't even like easily get out of the bedroom and sit there. Um, I had to set it up and do this whole thing under the desk with my leg up so that it wouldn't swell <laughs> or not swell too badly, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and I just, kept working, you know, I, I, I've gone for the past this year, um, of kind of building up that stock again. So a lot of times I'll record two or three episodes in a week, uh, just to make sure that I've got extra. I'm now back to having a couple months ahead, which is fantastic because when we get to times like this at the end of the year, I can take a week off, not have to record, um, and just, just take a little break from kind of that pressure. I'll do that again this summer. I'll, I'll, I'll pause, you know, stop season two and then pick up in next fall with season three. So that'll be really cool. Um, I'm just, you know, I had to learn how that works and how to figure out that schedule so that I could continually produce quality material each time. Um, I for sure have also had some great benefits. Um, part of the benefits is, and, and this is also part of the challenge, I record with other people. Except for this solo episode that I've now done twice, one at the end of each year and plan to continue. Not sure if I'll throw more in or not, but it's likely that it will just end up being the end of each year unless something major comes up. It's not like I just flip on the camera and start talking. I interview the guests first, so I know what topics we're gonna discuss. I write up custom questions for each person. Like I'm not just reading like a list of standard questions that everybody gets emailed, you know, 10 minutes before we start it every time I've got different questions that I want to ask them about based on our topic. All of, you know, I design a costume. So based on whatever costume they want to wear or something I've picked up in their personality or our topic, um, it just depends on each individual. 
but I also put together the costume. And then of course I got to get dressed beforehand. So again, it's not just, oh great, you know, I ended one Zoom meeting and I bust open the camera for the next one. It's wait, I need to schedule time in between, go get into costume, come back, record, take a picture of my costume so I can throw it on Instagram because I'm not putting that thing on twice. <laughs> So definitely want to get a picture. Um, sometimes that makeup, it's like a one time I could not successfully be a makeup artist for a movie or something and have to do that makeup over and over and make it look the same. That would be so hard. <laughs> I get lucky a lot. Like I have the vision, I make it happen. Same thing with the hair, you know, curly hair is not really easy to style the same way over and over. So I have the vision, I make it do the thing. I'm like, whoa, it did it. I get on, I record, and then I got to photograph the heck out of it um, because there's probably very small percentage of chance that I'm actually going to get it to repeat the magic. Uh, so yeah, so this, it's definitely a production. It's definitely a challenge to make the episodes come out, make them good. Um, plus there's all the post recording production that happens. So creating the video and then the little preview that I also post on social media, throwing some subtitles on there. Uh, I write out show notes and put them on the blog, make sure I've linked back to uh, all the information the guests provided. So if they reference their website or, or a you know free document that they want to share with people or their social media, I want to link back to all of those things for them. Uh, so it's definitely, it's definitely a production that happens over here in the background. Uh, as I've continued to optimize the process, it's gotten faster. So it doesn't take up nearly as much time as it did before. I mean, I was spending like the whole week just trying to figure out the video at the beginning and picking the audio and all that stuff. And now I've got it compartmentalized and I take this one and put it in the template and throw this on it and put that one up there. So it, it's way, way more streamlined than it was, uh, but it still does take time. As I've run the show, I've also gotten busier because my businesses have grown. So I have less time to spend on it. So thank goodness I figured out how to do it relatively quickly uh, and block some time on my calendar to make sure that happens every week. So greatest triumph of the podcast, I think, has been the massive amount of wonderful information and advice I have received from the guests and the positive feedback from all of the listeners. I am continually amazed by how much personal growth I have made just doing these interviews, um, from getting to talk to all of these different people, learning what they have to say, finding out what they're doing. Um, they share their best information on the show. And that means I'm getting all of it. Every one of you who listens regularly is also getting it. And so many of you have come back to me and said, I loved this episode, you know, whatever the episode was, I, it made me think about something differently. It made me speak to someone differently. It changed my relationship on this. It helped me get a job. It helped me, you know, negotiate my salary. It helped me with my Medicare health insurance. It helped me with my life insurance. It helps me with my debt. It helped, you know, all of these things that people come back and tell me the episodes have done are just amazing just even when they just say that was a really cool story or I really liked that guest or it was a fun episode to listen to or I just I love your costumes all of those are triumphs for me whenever I dress up in costume 
and I go out somewhere. Um, you know, sometimes we would go to an event or a costume contest or whatever, or we go to a, a festival or something and we wear costumes. If people come up and ask me to take a picture with them, makes my day. I'm like, okay, nailed it. This costume is good. People want to have a picture of themselves standing next to me because of what I created and what I'm wearing. So stuff like that, I just think is fabulous. And now you're telling me that I'm giving you great information as well. So that's even better than just the fun of the costumes, which by the way, I do because I love. Uh, so the triumph for the show has been way more than the challenge. 100% grateful for all of the information I've gained from the guests even more grateful that I've been able to share it with the world. I feel like our audience is still kind of small, but is definitely growing. And fortunately, a lot of people share the podcast episodes. They share my posts. They put links to out there to their favorite stuff and recommend it to their friends. Um, so that is definitely helping me and all of us get this critical information out to other people. Um, just going back and looking at the list of mantras in the episodes to answer that first question made me realize how much fantastic information has been on the show. So whenever I get like slightly burned out and I don't know if I want to record anymore, maybe I should stop for now, something like it's taking too much time. I go back and I remember all of you. I remember how many lives this show is impacting. And at least for now, I know I can't stop. We can't stop. This is too valuable and too important. And the emotional side of money needs to be out there and shared so we can all continue learning and discussing together. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Camille Diaz. I'm a business optimization coach, financial educator, author, and speaker. You can contact me and find out what I'm up to through my website, CamilleDiaz.com and follow me on social media at Cam Unfiltered. Be sure to follow Money Heart at Money Heart Show and on our website, moneyheartshow.com. Today's money mantra is a saying I came up with when I published my first book. I wanted something meaningful to write when I autographed a book. Uh, and I had not done this before, so I was like, well, I gotta make up something new, okay? I've used it ever since. It's also the sign off at the very end of my emails. So here it is. Enjoy the journey. <laughs>